rising tide floats all ships. You know, that's one of my mottos, but I'll tell you what, a rising tide also floats my house is what just happened. Uh, if you guys have been paying attention, yesterday we had uh, record-breaking rain here in San Diego. We had the, the weather report said 3.2 inches inside of 24 hours. Uh, my father, who lives about two miles away from me, his rain uh, gauge read 5.1 inches in 24 hours. Suffice to say, I've never seen in the uh, the history books, 100-year storm, nobody's ever seen it. I will show you footage back where, you know, we, let's go to footage right now. Yep, that is my house. That is our orchard right now. That's the water coming down. Uh, we'll cut across here. That is our pool flooding all the way down. Yep, that is, uh, that is my house. That is that Brown River. That was not um, planned. That was Mother Nature saying... That's nice that you live here, but I own this place, and that's what happened there. So, um, have to dig out. I think it'll probably take a week or two to dig all the dirt out of the pool. Uh, the orchard is okay. Uh, the horseshoe pit's destroyed. That's done. We we lined it with cedar wood planks all the way around. It does an outline. Apparently, wood floats. Forgot about that. So, the water just took it down the river. So, we had to actually walk down part of our property, pick up the cedar logs, and bring them back. So, uh, we, we got a... Uh, a lot of work to do. Looks like a shovel and a broom is going to be my new best friends for about two weeks. I have a special guest here that I'm excited to talk to you about because it's probably going to rent home for a lot of you guys. 2023 just ended. 2024 starting. Your sales team should be having numbers. You should be having forecasting for the year. And none other than somebody else to say it, none other than Jeannie Jackson, Vice President of Integrated Science. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So for you, 2023 was a good year for Integrated from our understanding. It was a fantastic year. One of the best we've ever had. And um, if, if you're okay with sharing the numbers, what did you guys end up doing last year? Um, as a company, we ended up, I want to say, 6.5, 6.6 million. Out the back door. Out the back door. And it was a lot. And that's impressive because I actually know these numbers. The numbers I do know that the listeners aren't, don't know is you guys only have 27 employees right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's impressive to get that much out the back door. So I'm gonna my phone out here. I gotta do some quick math here. So we take six six million. We'll take the bigger number because it sounds better. <laughs> we divide it by twenty seven. That's two hundred and forty four thousand four hundred and forty four dollars revenue per employee per year. Well, that's a pretty spectacular number. That's impressive. That's very impressive. I I challenge any sign owner that's out there. Are you consistently hitting over two hundred thousand every month? You're doing something right, mm -hmm. you know. So that's that's super impressive on that one. Thank you. Um, how did you do personally last year? Just your sales? Um, I did four point three million in sales. I would have to pull it up in Squirk Oil, but yeah, yeah. So four point three million just by yourself. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what sign company you are. If you're a team of one or a team of four hundred employees, that's impressive numbers. You know, to pull that many is is very impressive. It was a lot of uh, 12 hour days. Yeah, it is. I mean, at that level by yourself, you're doing it now. Were you by yourself for all of it or? No, I actually brought on an assistant uh, mm -hmm. last year, uh, this time last year, actually. Um, after 2022, you know, forecasting, we started to see where it was going to go. And, and I had a lot of, you know, work in the pipeline and pending projects and people reaching out to me. And I uh, brought her up as my assistant, and she helped me achieve that four point three million. Gotcha. Okay, so it wasn't just you, but it was your brainchild. But you started to have a team behind you. It wasn't just yes. you by yourself. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine if you had fended off every single one of those emails by yourself. <laughs> it would be hard. Yeah, it'd be very difficult at that level. 
Now, uh, I got to ask the dumb questions. Was it one or two clients that fed you all of that or was it a lot of clients that brought it? Um, there was one really big client. We had a bank conversion happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a good chunk of it. Okay. Um, but that was, I mean, the letters are, we're still building them in, in our shop now and they're, they're massive. It's probably a once in a lifetime project when you get to build 16, 17 foot tall letters that are going to go on a high rise. I want to say that again. How tall? Uh, they are 16 and a half feet tall. Ooh. So what is that? Three of me, six foot on a good day with my boots on <laughs> six foot and then times three. Yeah. 18. Good yeah. Lord. They're pretty big. Logistically wise. How do you even move those letters around the shop? It takes multiple people, um, carts, wheels. I mean, it, it's and they're built. Some of them are built in pieces. So, you know, we're moving them around that way, but they're they're starting to take up some room. I we're, bet. We're, and then logistically, how do you where, where they go? Where are they where are they shipping to? Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So the other side of the United States. Yeah. Just okay. Because we wanted to make it hard on ourselves. So logistically, how do you even get those letters over there? We are going to be shipping them, uh, you know, via a truck bed. Um, we're going to have about three or four different trucks, and we had to figure out what size could fit on a truck, and that's how we kind of broke out the sections of the letters, and it was a whole logistical plan before we even got started. So I'm picturing three flatbed trucks driving down the road with letters i'm guessing on their side mm -hmm. so they don't hit the bridges mm -hmm. driving down somebody if they're ever playing the alphabet game is going to win <laughs> big on that just there's a k there's an m you know, going by That's, well you can uh, only fit probably four or five letters on a truck if you're lucky so we're going to be shipping them in multiple multiple loads wow that's pretty cool so did you find this on did this client on bid mail did you just you know uh no, we, he's been a he's been a very loyal client for almost two decades now. We've done five, six, seven bank conversions with this man, and he has brought us along with every single one of them. Um, we we are good to him, so he's good to us. So okay, so you've been doing something right. Yeah, we have a long-standing good relationship with this person. Tell tell us more about that that secret saucer. How are you getting these clients to stay with you? I mean, twenty years the. The signs probably cost, what, a quarter of what they cost now today. You you have access to so many more people with the internet. How is it that no matter how much our economy changes and everything changes, you are still this client, that client calls you and says, you're, you're it, you're the only one? I think there's a couple of different things. A, I always pick up my phone and respond to him. I don't tell him no. And B, our quality speaks for itself and our customer service. Um, there obviously is going to be some scenarios where things happen. We can't control everything on every project, um, but there has never been a mishap that we did not take accountability for and fix it and repair it right away. So we have never gone back to, to him and said, this is your problem. This wasn't my problem. Um, I don't believe that as the, you know, one of the heads of this company, it doesn't pass me. If it gets up to my to my level, then it's my responsibility and mine alone. So I take that on and I don't I don't let the ball drop. The very first thing you said is I pick up the phone. That was your first knee jerk just right off the bat. That's what you say is I pick up the phone. So if he were to call you Wednesday at five thirty at night. I would answer the phone. Saturday at ten AM. I would answer the phone. So the the rules of engagement, so to speak, on an eight to five Monday through Friday don't no, apply. Absolutely not. And frankly, my personal opinion in the sign industry, and I'm sure several of the listeners that have the same theory will 
completely agree. You do not get off the clock. You do not get to go home. If you want a customer to come back to you, they need to know that you're going to be there at any point in time that they need them. That's that's powerful right there in itself. I mean, that's right there. You you don't have a clock to punch. No, no matter what, when they want you, you're there to help out. My employees have a clock to punch, but I don't. Yeah. You know, I guess that's when you go into sales. That's one of the things that you're going to have to decide on is if I'm doing sales, then that is my life. That is an alter ego of me and I'm going to do it at all times. Mm -hmm. I am building a relationship with these people. Um, I don't want just a, you know, one-time client. I mean, we all have them, but personally, I like the repeat clients. I think it makes the projects easier. It makes the relationship easier. I, I learn what to expect from them. They learn to what to expect from me. And you know, they know exactly what they're getting with. You know, when you said relationship, it makes me think of a relationship is like one of my buddies. You know, he calls on hours, you mm -hmm. know, Friday afternoon, Saturday evening. What are you doing tonight? Let's go get a beer. Sure. And we go out and, and there's no Monday through Friday is when I'm a friend of his. You know, in fact, this is him calling right now. I'm going to send him <laughs> to voicemail. Here was him on the podcast. But, you know, that is you call at any time. Yeah. And you said relationship that kind of, you know, sparked my mind to go to friends of we call whenever. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no Monday through Friday. You know, it's kind of a mindset that I feel that some people still have, but they really need to get that out of their head. They're going to do sales. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, from his point of view, I would like to think that when he goes into these new positions that he goes into in this particular client, um, he handles, I don't even know what the words are escaping me, but he builds up all of their new branches for these banking institutions, right? Okay, so he's in development. Exactly. Of, of, of the banks. And I'm sure he has to deal with a lot of vendors. He has to deal with a lot of moving parts and pieces to find leases, you know, um, bring in furniture, TIs, all these other things. So for him to be able to walk into a position and not have to worry about one of those pieces that all he has to do is email me and he doesn't have to answer a bunch of questions. He doesn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. I handle all of the legwork and all of the headaches so he doesn't have to deal with it. And then I give it to him and I um, research and disseminate the information and explain to him, you know, what needs to happen and what our options are. I thought you sold signs. Well, I can't sell a sign if I can't sell myself. Well, you just talked about him and his lease negotiations, talked about him and his development, when his turnover is, when that's all happening. Why Why do you know so much about his business when you just sell signs? Well, I A, I need to know, you know, if he's planning on taking over a new um, location or opening a new location and it's going to take me six months to pull that permit, then I need to get started sooner rather than later? Mm -hmm. Or what if it's not a good placement for him? If he's not allowed a very large sign to advertise said bank, why why bother if you're not going to get your money back out of, out of advertisement? So he'll ask me all the time, I'm thinking about this location. Tell me the sign code. Tell me what I'm allowed to have. And that will make the determination of whether or not he takes that space. I never even thought about all those details that go into it of what it takes to A, understand what the signs does for you but the lease and then the negotiation there goes out because yeah if you signs the lease and he sets a bank up and then it finds out that you get a half a square foot for every linear foot mm -hmm. and no one knows he's going to be there right then nothing's going to happen yep. so you're brought in on the front half of that and then kind of go i'm going to put words in your mouth in your mouth here but you kind of go dormant for a little bit and then start going or are you there from start almost all the way to the finish um, it depends on the location. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them I'm there from the beginning or we'll just do it in like bunches and clusters. He'll give me four or five locations at a time and then I'll do all my homework and then I'll go dormant for a while till he's ready to start growing again. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
So that's one client that, you know, we said 4.3. Mm-hmm. Okay, 4.3 million. That's so we have one impressive mm-hmm. client that had a bank conversion. So that's, I'm going to make a number up 1.5 on the About, good day, yep. you know, on a good day for that client. So that's still, you still have over, you know, 3 million and some change or somewhere around there, around 3 million of clients you still need to take care of and whatnot. Um, if you're at this level, are you still writing $300 proposals? You know, I just want to take a second to tell you that this podcast was created for education and to affect your bottom line. The only thing I ask in return is you share it, you like us, you comment on it, uh, give us some feedback and tell us that we're doing a good job. That really helps make this podcast grow a little bit. So if you can uh, do your end, we'll keep bringing you more information and a lot more knowledge. I try not to because uh, my assistant is, you know, training and learning and those are things that she can take off of my plate, but it takes me seconds to do it, frankly, in square coil. So if I need to, I can, and it's very easy for me to do. Um, but most of the time, no, most of the time my projects are fifty, sixty thousand dollars plus. Gotcha. Because- okay. So you're after the big fishies and, and it sounds like you're giving the smaller clients to your assistant. Yes. And is that how you guys are growing the sales team over yes. there at integrated signs? You guys are basically assistants underneath, teach them the ropes. Mm-hmm. Now, are we hiring assistants right out of, I mean, how are you kind of doing that? We like to have them ideally be a project manager for a year or two first. Um, that helps them understand the inner workings of the sign world and how, you know, projects start to finish, you know, getting landlord approval, getting permits, going through the manufacturing process and the installation process. And they can kind of learn all the pitfalls so that when they get into the sales side of things, they know what to look out for. They know how to navigate their clients. They know how to direct um, their clients. And frankly, it makes them a better salesperson. It makes them more knowledgeable about the product they're selling, about what can and cannot happen. Um, Sometimes we have clients who have a really pretty picture and they're like, I want it to look like this. And we try to instruct them and give them some guidance on that doesn't translate well to 3D and you're not going to like it. And they refuse to listen and we'll put it up on the wall they want the way they wanted and they hate it. Well, I try to explain that to you. So teaching them through the process of project management and, you know, being in the, in the shop for a while helps really establish them in the sign, sign country. Gotcha. So that makes a lot of sense. So it's almost like a two-step training mm-hmm. culture that you have project management first, then an assistant under sales. Right. They're taking basically all the small clients that are just as busy as I'm going to, I'm going to assume that they're just as busy as the large clients. They are the small clients. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how many big projects I've gotten that started out with a $300 set of vinyl mm-hmm. because it goes back to the original comment. I answered the, the phone. So they start out with this little tiny sign um, or a, you know, a plaque or something of that nature. And then their business grew and I got to grow with them because they relied upon me and every time they need me, I was there. Or they, you know, change positions and they go to other companies and they grow those companies. Um, so because I am a reliable person in their eyes and I've done everything that they've needed me to do, I've never missed a deadline, I've jumped through all these hoops, that $300 project turned into a $150,000 project. I've been working on an old town project here in the city of San Diego, and I just got my permit three weeks ago, and I've been working on that permit for five years. So we talked about that right before the podcast. You, got, you first got wind of this project when? 
in 2018, um, a, a, a graphic designer created the project. Um, it was just a pretty piece of paper. And they paid this graphic designer, you know, several thousand dollars to put this program together. And they just called local sign companies. I picked up the phone that day. I was a very new salesperson. Um, I was, I think I was either still training um, in sales or I had just gone out on my own. And they called in and I happened to be the one that answered the phone. And they said, well, we need somebody to build, you know, a gateway sign for us. And to me, it was too good to be true and maybe in over my head. But I'm the type of person that will um, say yes and I'll, you know, fake it till I make it type thing. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to learn to swim. I started to meet with the whole design committee for this, you know, Chamber of Commerce for Old Town. I was having weekly meetings with them. I was establishing this relationship and we went out to bid or they went out to bid. And I was the only company that actually put in a bid to build this. And this was in 2018. And we got the contract and I started my permit process in 2019. In 2024, you got your permit. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most knowledgeable processes I've ever been in. I couldn't even imagine. I'm trying to picture the tenacity what it took for five years of the city permits. How many people did you choke out the city? <laughs> Several. <laughs> if I could have, I would have. Um, it, was, it was a nightmare. In in one sense, I learned a lot, and um, which has allowed me to, you know, I see all these other projects coming in through integrated signs, and I know now how to handle them. Mm -hmm. um, I wish somebody had just simply said, "You need to hire, you know, a civil engineer, or you need to hire this person because you don't have the qualifications to do this yourself." About halfway through, when I learned that I needed to hire a civil engineer to do certain things, when I got them on the phone, he goes, "You got this far on your own." Like, well, yeah, I just did what they told me to do. He goes, wow, like this is, you are immersed in this hell. I'm like, yeah, it's not fun. But I got through 11 different departments. I got through eight of them on my own before I brought in my civil engineer. And it still took me two years after I brought in the civil engineer to get through the other three. So he really didn't help you. He didn't really speed that process up. No, I just needed a civil engineer stamp. Since I'm not a licensed civil engineer, I needed somebody with a... With a stamp on it. Gotcha. So stamps.com next yeah, time. Absolutely. Sense. We're just going to find that little rubber thing. And yeah. Hit it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good to know. A civil engineer and two years later. Good Lord. Yeah. It was painful. It was expensive. It's probably a $70,000 permit for a public improvement project. So $70,000 permit for the city themselves <laughs> to have a sign for themselves and they charge themselves $70,000. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually a little bit more entertaining than that. Um, the city gave the money via a grant to Old Town, which is actually not recognized as a city. It's still the city of San Diego. So they gave their money to Old Town to create this development project. And they're, you know, wanting to make Old Town prettier and, and better. And they have a 20-year plan. This was one of the first stages of that 20-year plan. And it, they made it so incredibly difficult and painful. It took five years just to get through the red tape. And we were the first movers of that plan, of that red tape process. Um, and, yeah, the city gave them money just to charge them that same money for them to pay it back. So they gave them a grant for, you know, I'm going to assume half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And then through the permitting process, they charged back and got their money back somehow. I'm just picturing this. Okay, so let's think about this on a small scale just so we can kind of wrap our brain around this. 
Let's say you want to redo your kitchen. And so you take out the cabinets of your kitchen, you pick out new cabinets and you put them in there. So on the first day of picking out your new cabinets, you hit yourself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> you just put yourself on the ground for a couple hours and you wake up and then you really can't remember what you did. And you wander around your kitchen for another year. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to work on it, you hit yourself in the head with a hammer again and knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what the city just did. Mm -hmm. Economics at its finest. Oh, yeah. What. All right. Well, that's a whole other podcast is telling the inefficiencies of the city. But good Lord, five years and 70 grand of their own money. Bureaucracy at its finest. Wow. Thank God I pay for sunshine because <laughs> I'm definitely not paying for that. Well, I am. I just don't want to admit it. Yeah. So through all these two case studies that we've been talking about, one was pick up the phone at all times. Mm -hmm. And number two is don't be afraid to try something new. No. And that Old Town Project for just picking up the phone and trying something new, what is, what is this dollar amount, if you don't mind me asking? $350,000. That's a good chunk towards your $4.2 million. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. And right. I mean, frankly, it's a nice little feather in my cap that I get to build this structure that spans across the main drag in Old Town. I don't think that thing's going to be going anywhere. I mean, it'll probably be up there when your kids are older and everything else. It's not like a sign they're going to tear down because they don't like the marketing of it. No. That's pretty cool. It's going in their literal street. So you, have, you basically have your name against a landmark here in San Diego. That's the plan. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So on your road to $4.2 million, for the listeners there, what other tidbits do you think that a salesperson just has to have? They just, you know, in their brain, they just have to have it if they're going to be successful in this industry. Well, first and foremost, they have to have drive. If, if they just kind of sit back on their laurels and expect it to come without much effort, then they're not going to do much. Um, they're going to have to put themselves out there. They're going to have to have that motivation. And I don't know for them, but for me, it's an unwillingness to fail. So when my clients would call me and they're like, you told me the drawings would take, you know, a week and we're on two weeks. I've let the ball drop somewhere and I need to pick up my pieces and, and keep that drive and motivation going and come hell or high water, I will get it figured out. And their clients love you for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I would love you for that. If I, if you were representing my company and what was going on, I'd be so excited to hear that, you know, you're, you're taking charge of it. You know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, I guess would be the best way to say with that driving determination of at the end of the day, there is no finger to point. No, absolutely not. Because at the, at the end of the day, you can point that finger and it's going to work its way back around to you by the end of it, because I'm the one who started the you know conversation I'm the one who's set timelines. I'm the one who told the client, oh, it'd be eight weeks from the time to start building and it's four months down the road. That's that's on me. That's 100% on me. Yeah. So problem solving would be the second one. They, they know what they want or they have an idea, but they don't know how to get there. And then um, problem solving is I don't like to put it back on them and say, well, I can't or you need to provide me this or um, it, it just doesn't. If they know, oh, I can go to Jeannie and she will help me get this solved, then that makes me invaluable in their eyes. I don't got anything to add to that. I mean, if you're not listening to this, I, you, you should not be in sales. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty much the four pillars of what you need to do if you're going to pull it off. And it's really not sales and signage anything. I mean, that's just, just sales life. in general. That's just life. That's, that's I mean, I take those four pillars and add it to relationships, to the kids, you know, everything Parenting, else. Parenting, everything. Yeah. Like that's what you've got to apply yourself for if you're really going to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, Any roadblock that stands in your way to your end goal, you need to figure out a way to get over it, around it, under it, or remove it. I mean, I don't, I have had 
my clients present a problem and it had nothing to do with me or signage, but I found them a solution or I offered help to them when they were struggling. Um, for instance, I had a sign up in Dana Point and the guy could not figure out a way to get his concrete driveway poured. So I made a few phone calls. I found a contractor and from one contractor to another, maybe because I'm female and he didn't want to tell me no, he didn't want to disappoint me. I mean, let's be honest here. Females have a leg up in that sense. I got his driveway poured. Jealousy's a little high right there. Yeah. yeah well, no, I'm cuter than you are. Yeah. True that. That's very, very <laughs> true. So what I'm, I mean, I, I got to recap here because there's so much good information in this, this one podcast here we have. We have pick up the phone at all times. It's a relationship based. Forget the time. Forget the clock. Question mm -hmm. the clock. Yep. Be, don't be afraid. Just about your comfort zone and have your drive. And then find a way to become invaluable to your client yes. one way or another. Mm -hmm. And that, there's a couple of different ways. You, you gave us two or three pinpoints on that one. But at the end of the day, it's being valuable. Uh -huh. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, tips and tricks on how to do sales by the vice president, Jeannie Jackson over there at Integrated Science. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and being with us. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. I mean, that's, you gave us a lot of good information right there. And I hope people are going to, you know, set up their forecasts for their sales this year. I hope they take these tricks and say, Hey, how can I grow? How can I expand? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, that's all the game. That's what we're at to it. So just be the person they need you to be. I love it. Thank you for listening. See you guys next week. Bye.